Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Monday, June 26th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, the Guardians lose a, a sort of a frustrating game there, 5-4 uh, to four in 10 innings on Sunday. They lose 2 out of 3 to the Brewers over the weekend, uh, the only win coming Saturday. And, uh, it, you know, really they had chances to win uh, the game on on Sunday, they, they they rallied a couple of times, but uh, weren't able to to come through with the big hit when they needed it. Uh, and the and the game was not without its uh, controversial moments. Uh, but it was Owen Miller, uh, former Guardians uh, prospect and infielder, who who came up uh, big for Milwaukee. Uh, he gets two RBI doubles, including the uh, the game winner in the tenth inning. Uh, just missed a home run to left field uh, off of Trevor Steffen. Uh, it was uh, Owen Miller up there hunting a fastball and, and on the first pitch from Stefan, and he got it. And uh, it was, it, you know, it, Owen Miller said after the game, it was sort of, you know, what he had, the the way he had hoped things to work out for him in that game, uh, to be able to be up there and and have an opportunity to drive in a run and win the game. Yeah, it's always good to uh, you know come back uh, to your old team and and haunt them and uh, you know and beat them. Not only haunt them, but beat them. And uh, you know that's what Owen Miller did. I loved your lead today. You know Miller hands uh, the Guardians a cold one, and uh, it just uh, you know the one thing Owen Miller did last year was hit doubles. Joe, he had 26 mm-hmm. of them last year. He, I think he's got he's halfway there with the Brewers. I think he's got 13 already. So, uh, you know, this is a good park for him regarding doubles, and he, and he burned them twice. Yeah, it was Aaron Savali uh, in the third inning where uh, he gave up uh, three consecutive hits, including back-to-back RBI doubles by Christian Yelich and Miller. Uh, and then he hung a, a breaking pitch to Rowdy Telez, and all of a sudden the, uh, the, the Guardians are looking at a 4-1 to, three, uh, four to one deficit. Uh, after Josh Naylor had put them up in the uh, second inning with a leadoff home run. Yeah, well, I mean, what happened with Savali? That was such a weird, you know, he's cruising along, and then, you know, the in that third inning, they're knocking him around, and then he comes out of the third inning and is and is good again. It was just, it was just a bizarre almost, like they had picked up on his pitches or, or something, but, you know, they kind of knocked him around, and then he righted himself and, what, pitched into the sixth inning. 
Yeah, it was uh, sort of one of those outings where he 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 went off the rails there for like four consecutive batters and then uh, sort of found it again. Uh, he said that he was trying to be too fine with some of his pitches uh, in and around the strike zone, and and that's what what led them to uh, you know getting knocked around. But uh, like you said, beyond that, uh, he pitched well after that uh, that little outburst and the the Guardians bullpen. Uh, you, you know, basically did the job up until, um, uh, you know, Trevor Steffen came in and, and he, he, of course, starts the uh, uh, the tenth inning with the runner on second base. Yeah, I mean, you can't really blame the bullpen. They pitch four innings, they give up one run. You should win that game. And, yeah. uh, you know, this is, you lay this one at the feet of the offense once again. And uh, just, uh, you know, disappointing because, you, you, like you said, Joe, they had a chance to take this series. You know, they go four and two on the homestand, still a good homestand, but it could have been much better. And now you're two games back to the Twins in the AL, yeah, in they, the AL Central. And and they out hit the Brewers in that game, uh, 10 to eight. You know, the, the, it's not like they weren't putting the ball in play and getting hits. They actually got to Corbin Burns, which is something they they aren't really used to doing uh, you know, Corbin Burns has, has had their number every time he's faced them. Uh, but, you know, they, they put together a nice little three-run rally in the sixth inning. Uh, they come out and, you know, get a, a leadoff hitter on base uh, in the eighth with uh, Tyler Freeman. And then uh, Terry Francona puts in a pinch runner. He puts in Miles Straw uh, with one out. And, um, you know, Straw takes off for second base. Looks like he's got the base stolen on a, a swing through by Gabriel Arias at the plate. Uh, but umpires uh, got together after Craig Council, the Milwaukee manager, came out of the dugout and, and asked about the play. Uh, he said that his uh, his catcher got interfered with uh, on the uh, on his throw down to second. And uh, after talking about it, the umpires put the, the runner back at, at first. Uh, Arias... Uh, continues the at-bat on the next pitch. Straw steals again. He gets thrown out this time, and Arias swings through it for a strikeout, throwout, double play to end the inning. Uh, really, Terry Francona afterwards was, was you know, not necessarily mad about the call, but he was more mad about what prompted the call. Yeah, you know, with the uh, council coming out and, you know, like – it, you know, it looked like the umpires were just going to let it go. You know, the stolen base was going to stand and, uh, you know, they were going to continue playing. But uh, Council comes out, and, you know, on, he's a visiting manager. He comes out and uh, gets him, you know, he, he protests and they weren't going to do anything until he came out and, and con, you know, and protested. But, you know, Joe, we, we've both seen that play a hundred times. And, I, you know, I, I I can't believe they called that. I mean, I don't think uh, Arias really interfered with the throw. I thought the throw was off while he, before he drifted into the, you know, across home plate. And it wasn't that bad either. So I, I don't know. That was that was yep. a that was a bogus call. I thought Tito should have got run on that. I thought, uh, you know, because uh, you know, that just it, it wasn't it wasn't the right call. Yeah, if Tito goes out there and argues and gets thrown out, it's to send a message to his players that I got yeah. back there because because really uh, we we've seen uh, Arius admitted after the game. Yeah, there was contact. He felt after his follow through after his backswing uh, that the bat might've touched, uh, Vic, uh, Victor Caratini's, uh, shin guard, but he didn't think that, uh, it, you know, the throw was already away by the time that contact happened. 
and the momentum from the swing sort of carried Arias into uh, the path in front of Caratini. But again, there wasn't contact made from him, you know, going into the path of the throw. It was it was either you're either going to call it on on the swing touching the catcher or you're going to call it that he was interfering with the, the, the throwing lane there. And, and I don't think there was enough there. Uh, obviously, Lance Barksdale, the home plate umpire, who was closest to the play, uh, didn't feel in the immediate moment of the play that there was some enough there to, to, to make a call. It wasn't until, you know, obviously council protested and then the, the umpires got together that he consulted with the other three umpires who, you know, as Francona put it, they're 110 feet away from the play at the time. And one of them's not even looking at it. The second base umpire's got to be on the throw uh, and the tag at the, at the, uh, at the bag. So uh, I can, I can see where Tito's, you know, sort of, it doesn't sit right with him. If the guy who's close to the play, isn't the one who's sort of being, you know, deferred to in that situation. But um, you know, that, that play stood and it's, it's not to say that, you know, if, if straw steals that base, that the inning goes any differently, you know, maybe, maybe Arias strikes out or they, they hit into a, a some other kind of double play to get out of it. But, uh, it, it, it just, it sort of typified the, the sort of frustration of the offense there was, you know, they, they had something going and then all of a sudden they didn't have something going and the inning was over. Yeah, and, you know, Straw, Straw has not stolen a base since May 18th, Joe. So this would have kind of broke the ice for him. Then he, then he goes right back and gets caught on the strike him out and, st- you know, strike him out, throw him out, double play to end the inning. It, it's just weird. I, I just thought, you know, I thought, uh, you know, he, uh, Tito really put him in there as a pinch runner to force him to steal because, you know, just from listening to Tito and how the opposition has shut down their, uh, you know, their running game, I think he was trying to force Straw to steal there, to, to force him to, to steal a base. I mean, it made sense. It was the eighth inning, too, you know, and Straw's your fast, one of your fastest guys, but it looked like they were trying to give him, a, you know, a gentle nudge, you know, to start, uh, to start, you know, running again. Yeah, and if it works out and, and he does steal the base and they do score a run, then you don't have the situation which ultimately you had at the end of the game uh, after after giving up a run in extra innings. Uh, you bring around Straw, who is now batting in the uh, was was now batting in uh, um, the uh, Tyler Freeman spot in the order. So uh, he was moved up a little higher than normal, and he came up to the plate with two outs. And needing a, a hit to tie the game uh, in, in the end of the game. And instead of pinch hitting Josh Bell for him, uh, you let Straw hit and uh, he, you know, does the inevitable and uh, the, the game ends on a pop out. And, uh, you know, that's, it, again, the, the frustration is sort of mounting. I think uh, a lot of the reaction from fans and some reaction I saw on Twitter with, uh, you know, Straw not starting the game. Uh, being on the bench and having Will Brennan in center field uh, to start. Uh, but then you saw the dominoes move uh, late in the game. That that might be a way that, you know, Francona plays this if he ever decides to make a move and take Straw out of the starting lineup as a regular. Uh, we we might have just seen how late in the game somebody gets on base, Straw goes into pinch run, and then goes to center field and moves Brennan over to right uh, for like the, the eighth and ninth inning for defensive purposes. Uh, that could be something we see a little bit more of moving forward. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Straw has struggled offensively, you know, um, you know, but he, you know, he's hitting what he's hitting like, you know, he's hitting like he's hitting better than he was last year, let's say, but, but he, you know, he's uh, in that situation, you know, I, you know, what are you expecting from Straw? And I mean, if you hit Bell, what, you know, does he have somebody to play center field? I, I don't know, you know, and, and he ties it up. I, I'm not sure where where they go from there, but uh, uh, it's just uh, yeah. tough. Uh, you know, it's just a tough <laughs> way to, you know, to, to uh, end that game. You're, you're looking at probably uh, um, putting David Fry back in the outfield for uh, for the, if the, if they extend the game into extra innings again, uh, if that's the situation. So, you know, who knows? And, and we can get to uh, David Fry and his adventurous weekend as well here in a second. Um, uh, yeah, the, earlier on Saturday, Fry uh, made his first start uh, in right field. And uh, it, it, was, it, it was the old axiom, uh, the ball's going to find you in the major leagues. And, and that certainly happened in the first inning uh, on Saturday's game. Uh, David Fry gets a ball hit right at him, 110 miles an hour with the uh, uh, knuckling movement, and he uh, winds up dropping the ball for an error that scored a run for um, for Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that reminded me of uh, just a long time ago, Joe, uh, when Manny Acta had to play L- Luisa Valbuena in, in left field against the Twins because uh, there was a bunch of injuries, and he had to play him there the whole series at Target Field, and it cost, poor, it cost him like two games. Everybody kept hitting the ball of Valbuena. He kept dropping the ball or got by him. It, it, was, it was a disaster, and just like you said, the ball will find you. Yeah, and uh, you know Fry makes the error. Um, you know, costs Tanner Bybee uh, an unearned run, and uh, he, he comes back, makes a couple of nice running catches towards the line, uh, but but strikes out with the bases loaded a few innings later. And you're thinking, oh man, this guy's having a rough day. Uh, but then later on in the game, comes up in the uh, in the sixth inning and and gets the big hit, uh, an RBI single uh, to to put Cleveland in front. Uh, and then the bullpen takes care of the rest, and, and they get their only win of that Milwaukee series, uh, thanks to David Fry. So he goes from uh, goat to hero uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, and he does it against his old team, the team that traded him to uh, Cleveland. And uh, he's had an interesting run here, Joe. He had that great game in San Diego. You know, he's he was a guy that's catching more in the big leagues than he ever did in the minors. Now he's playing right field. Uh, you know, he he looks like I mean, he's just one of those guys that you know that that is having a nice run in in a in a bunch of unusual situations. And uh, good for him. You know, it, it, it's fun to watch. He's a good guy, and uh, you wish him the best. Yeah, and, and who knows how much longer his uh, his time on the on the roster, uh, you know, is going to extend, it, it, depending on how things uh, play out over the the trade deadline um, uh, approaching. And uh, with a guy like Oscar Gonzalez starting to hit the ball down in AAA, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Gabriel Arias here earlier striking out uh, in that pivotal play yesterday. Uh, Arias has had a, a, a rough. Uh, you know, rough month, uh, at least, uh, hitting 208 over his last 30 games. Um, but his last, you know, his last 15 games, last two weeks, uh, really, uh, uh, 097 and, uh, 13 strikeouts, uh, in, in those last 15 games. So, uh, he's, he's, 
you know, finding it a little more difficult. He, he looked like he had maybe started to put things together in that during that Baltimore trip. But, uh, you know, it, lately it's it's been a, a bit of a struggle for him out there. Um, do you do you think that maybe uh, he might be better served by by heading down to Columbus and and trying to figure some things out? I do, Joe. I think, uh, you know, I don't think they're doing him any favors right now. You know, he's not an outfielder. We've seen, you know, he's got a great arm, but he's not an outfielder, certainly not a right fielder. And, and, uh, you know, he needs, I think he needs to play every day and, uh, he's bouncing around the infield. I mean, they have basically two, two utility infielders with him and, and Freeman, you know, uh, Oscar Gonzalez, they've been waiting for him to get hot. He seems to be doing that. He went five for five yesterday. He hit for the cycle for Columbus. He's hitting 368 against lefties. So if you want to put platoon him with uh, Brennan in right field, you know, that seems like a good idea. This month in June, he's hitting 306 overall. You know, he's still, uh, you know, they want to see him swing at pitches in the strike zone. They, they want, they don't want to see him chased. Uh, I don't, you know, who knows if he's, you know, it's, it's hard to tell at AAA if he's, if he's doing that or not, but the numbers suggest he's getting hot. You know, this is, you know, they brought him up last year when he was, you know, when he was, when he was hot at, at, at Columbus. And, uh, you know, what do you got to lose right now is my, 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 my thinking. Uh, you, we've seen Arias. We know what he can do. He needs to play every day. You know, it's changed the deck a little here and, and, uh, and let's let's see uh, what what Oscar can do. Who knows? Maybe he takes over right field like he did last year, or you know they find that platoon situation. You know it goes well with uh, with Brennan and him. Yeah, it's a uh, I, I think it's a, a pretty obvious uh, move to to try and make. Maybe even to start this road trip out in Kansas City, uh, Oscar hits well out there in uh, at Kauffman Stadium as well. So uh, we'll look forward to maybe uh, getting an update there. Uh, find, uh, the place that, uh, if you're listening, you can, you can find the, uh, the latest information on roster moves, or if Oscar Gonzalez gets a chance to, to join the, the, the club again, uh, is on subtext, uh, cleveland.com slash subtext, or, uh, you know, send a text message to 216-208-4346. Uh, it's $3.99 a month and Hoynesy and I give you our thoughts and our sort of reactions to moves that the, uh, the guardians make or don't make. And uh, and really some uh, some sort of behind the scenes things that we get uh, the first reports out of uh, Tito's daily press conferences as well. Uh, you can uh, get all that information there on Guardian subtext Cleveland dot com slash subtext or two one six two zero eight four three four six to to sign up. Uh, Cal Quantrill throws fifty eight pitches in a rehab start for uh, the Akron Rubber Ducks on Sunday. Uh, by the time Cleveland's game was uh, finished, he was already uh, back in the uh, Guardians dugout in Cleveland or in, in the clubhouse in Cleveland. Uh, five uh, five innings for um, Quantrill, and um, uh, you know he looks like he is on target to be uh, ready to ready and available. Uh, that's uh, another domino that's going to have to fall at some point. Uh, Tito said on Saturday that. You know, if they did go to uh, and bring up and have six starters on the, the roster at some point, it would probably only be for one time through the rotation to sort of spread guys out and give guys a day of rest, an extra day of rest, uh, because he just can't see how how you sustain that. Plus, it leaves your it leaves your bullpen short. 
Yeah, what do you think of that, Joe? I read your story uh, over the weekend about possibly going with the uh, six-man rotation one turn through. Um, you know, I think it makes a little bit of sense to me. Uh, but uh, you know, I, but you 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 know, at the end of that, you're gonna you're still gonna have to make a move. So you know, but uh, what what do you think of a six-man rotation situation? I think it makes sense to do it at least one time through and, and maybe get you close to the all-star break. If, uh, you know, as, as things sort of, uh, you know, shake out, there aren't really a lot of off days between now and then. Um, and you know, if you wait, if you delay until you're, you're through that one time through the rotation, uh, maybe there's, I don't know, these things have a tend to have a way of working out in terms of, well, this guy, you know, stubbed his toe or there's a there's an injury where it might not be a, a profound injury, but, you know, something where a guy could go on the injured list and and take a couple of weeks off uh, that way. Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, and if you do have to have one of the difficult conversations with a guy like a Tanner Bybee or a Logan Allen, who's, you know, been in the rotation and, you know, adding up the innings there. Uh, you certainly don't want these guys going uh, above 130 to 140 innings this year. They've they've never really reached that in their professional um, you know careers. So uh, you're talking about the the serious risk of injury there. Uh, it just it just makes sense to to try and do something like that. Maybe you uh, you send one of them down at a time and then bring the other one up uh, when when one's ready for a rest uh, later on this season. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And uh, like you said, Tito is not going to go a man short in the bullpen for too long. You know that. You know that for sure. And what what about a Class A making like, did he pitch in every game in his homestand or was that my imagination? It, it certainly felt like it. I mean, he was even <laughs> he even closed out, uh, um, you know, the not closed out, but um, he pitched in the ninth inning yesterday when, you know, you sort of had to get to the yeah, two extra yeah. innings. So I, I understand Tito regularly does that where he pitches class A in the ninth of a tie ball game at home. Right. Um, that, that only makes sense because you've got to get to extra innings in order to have a chance to win it. So, uh, but yeah, with coupled with the off day, I kind of figured he was going to pitch on, on Sunday one way or another, uh, because you knew, uh, going into Monday that they'd have a day to rest, um, Hopefully the offense can spread things out. Maybe one of the first uh, the first couple of games there uh, in Kansas City next week or this week um, in in order to get him an extra day of rest, and then uh, you go from there. But uh, you know, Class A's it, he's he's been is pretty much the only sure thing for them in terms of uh, a, a guy who's heading to the All Star game. So you, you want to keep him healthy and rested as much as you possibly can. Yeah, I mean he's leading the American League in 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 uh, appearances and games finished, and he's leading everybody the world in in saves. So uh, he's off to another. You know he's having a great run here, uh, and uh, Tito is keeping him active. He, <laughs> Gabe Paul used to say uh, pitchers don't wear out; they rust out. And there's no there's no rust forming on a <laughs> manual Class A. Well, they're certainly getting their money's worth every cent uh, of that contract extension he signed before last season. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll be back again on Tuesday to preview the road trip and the, uh, the series that begins in Kansas City uh, Tuesday night. Uh, we will talk to you then. All right, Joe. 